Hey, hey. check this out. Hey, listen. listen. No, listen. Li no, no, listen, listen, Tom. Listen. Okay, but hey, hey, check this out. Let me tell yeah, you something. Yeah, right, 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 but hold on. But check it out. But listen, hold on. Okay, but okay, but like, listen, listen, listen. Check this out. Check this no, out. no, wait, 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 wait. No, for real, 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 for real. Listen, dog, dog, dog. Listen, 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 listen. Bro, 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 bro. Ladies and gentlemen, let's party. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. That's our new theme song. <laughs> the fucking worst movie. No, the worst movie is Matrix 4, and I didn't watch that shit. You took that bullet for me, and I was telling you in the group chat today that since you watched Matrix 4, it would be disrespectful of me to watch it. Yeah. You, you're the chosen one. You're Neo. You get to dodge the bullet because... Uh, That's right. Man, that movie was ass. I saw the trailer for Matrix 4 and decided that it looked like ass, and I am 100% judging books by their covers now. You could just tell the way that it looked and the actors that they chose, who are these, I don't know, just not very interesting looking people with blue hair and shit. I thought, hmm, yeah, this is gonna suck balls. So I passed. And then I see everybody watching it and saying that it sucked. And I can never wrap my head around why you would choose... Like, okay, here's the thing. If you don't know, if you're excited for The Matrix 4, and you watch it, and it sucks, that's one thing. But a lot of people had the same inkling as I did that this was going to be a dog-ass movie. And then they fucking... And then they watched it. Two and a half hours they watched. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I had a pile of dishes to do. And, uh... Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't ever like watching, um... Well, I can't really watch, like, you know, Japanese movies and read the subtitles and shit. Bro, you had a pile of dishes that took you two and a half hours to get through? What the fuck? No, no, no. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Listen. Check this hey, out. Hey, check it out. Listen. Hey, listen. bro. Bro. Hey, foul, this dog. Out. That's check foul, bro. That's foul, bro. Listen. That's foul. Uh, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> 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 no. I watched it for, like, 50 minutes, and I was like, yeah, that's ass. I'm done watching dishes. Fuck Matrix 4. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I like that you have a very solidly formed opinion of it, too. But, man, honestly, that's all you need. I'm being dead serious. You can tell in 50 minutes if the movie's going to be... There is no movie that exists that is suddenly good after 50 minutes of sucking balls. No, movies should exist. only be, like, 50 minutes long. So that's, like... I mean, shit. Truth. I watched a Tsukamoto film so worth of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it is the new year. It's 2022 the year where everybody gets their shit together and turns over a new leaf do you have um do you have any new leaves that you're that you're turning over for the new year hey but listen hold on all right so wait, hold on check this wait, out before you check wait, this out. hold on before you start mm -hmm. hold on mm -hmm. but for real hold all right, on. Listen. Wait, listen so yeah no okay. i'm so but check this out but check this out <laughs> <laughs> this is the most retarded thing we've ever thought was funny <laughs> But yeah, uh, man, I'm finna get rich or die trying. That's oh, that's the uh, main leaf to turn over. Yes, yes, yes. Speak on it. So check this out. So, <laughs> and here comes Rowan to smack me in the knee. It is not an agitator Every episode until Rowan, the ninja, Losak shows up. He was being like super chill this morning. And I told Erica, as soon as we start, he's going to run up and punch me in the nuts. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's just the way it is. I'm actually, I'm outside in the cold because Rios is doing house cleaning right now. And she turns on reggaeton really loud. So I'd have to be outside. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. To record my art. I, uh, I saved that playlist that, uh, that she uses, that clicker shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is really, really good. It's the it's Narco Corridos, and, but updated with... They say it's mixed with trap. I don't hear a lot of trap. Maybe just the subject matter is trap-esque. I think the tone confuses people, because I watched the music videos, and I was like, oh, okay. 
it looks like a bunch yeah. of like Fast and Furious shit. Right, 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 right. Kind of gay too, like very effeminate guys. But that's always been sort of Mexican gangster culture. There's a current of that that runs through it. Yeah, yeah. Everything, well, everything based is gay is what I'm learning. This is why, this is like something that Confucius would say. Confucius say, based is gay. Yep, yep. Okay, so your resolutions for the year is to get rich. Is that pretty much it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, I mean, shit, that's the big one. I do that and mm -hmm. everything else kind of falls into place. That's really true. I mean, having money is the gateway to happiness and success. I'm learning, I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, uh, I'm just kidding. I didn't really read that book, Boo. but Boo. <laughs> I'm assuming it has something to do with making money and, you know, being a good dad. So those are two, those are two resolutions that I have. <laughs> I'll pretend that that's what that book is about. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Correct. No, in this year of 2022, I am going to try to be as ideology less as possible, which isn't a goal that you can hit like last year I quit drinking and that was easy because I just had to not drink and it was a very clear goal with a clear delineation of failure and success but this year I wanted to try something a bit more intangible and try my best to as soon as I get an inkling of what okay so what do I mean by ideology I mean something that is a pre-written script of ideas whether that be left right center anarchist totalitarian feudalist monarchist whatever if i start to get an inkling that i'm repeating something that i've heard or even better something that quote unquote logically follows from an idea that i already have i'm i'm gonna not think that thing my goal is to just be normal and take yeah. every situation as it comes yeah that's a good one uh, yeah i'm gonna try to stop being the uh the ellipses glowing in the bottom of the group chat it's like oh oh boy oh boy kelby's <laughs> cooking up something right now <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh you know one of you say something gay and i'm just like yeah fuck it delete all of it yeah. right absolutely absolutely so that's where we are with the Agitator right now. We are an ideology-less podcast. We only talk about Japanese cinema. And today we're talking about Tetsuo 3, The Bullet Man. It came out in 2009. Tsukamoto had plans to make this movie for quite some time. It was originally going to be produced by Quentin Tarantino. Somehow that fell through. Uh, a lot of time passed between Tetsuo 2 and Tetsuo 3. And uh, you pointed me towards the Iron Man book by friend of the podcast, Tom Mess, uh, who did an interview with Tsukamoto before he directed The Bullet Man. And he was calling it Tetsuo in America. So it's the same basic structure as the two Tetsuo films of yore, with the distinction of it being uh, all in English. Just a very very poor choice <laughs> it was very uh, yeah yeah that that could have been uh, <laughs> that that could have been scrapped that you know it would have been it have been all right yeah the plot goes like this a man who works in a soulless corporate job has a wife and a child the child gets run over by Sukamoto causing the man to become enraged and turn into the bullet man he becomes, you know, kind of half half man, half machine, and that's uh, that's it. That's it, pretty much. He's half android. Uh, uh, we can talk about a lot of elements of this movie. Neither Kelby nor I liked this movie, so this will be an interesting shit. way to yeah. This will be an interesting way to start off the the podcast for 2022 because we're usually so positive. We weren't a hundred percent positive about Genocyber. But I thought Genocyber had some some elements that I really liked. Uh, this is probably the first movie that we've talked about. That I can't think of anything nice to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the first one that uh, if I still had an ideology, I'd say that I hated it. 
Right. Precisely. Yeah, that's it. Well, you can hate movies. Okay, hold on. Let's back up. Listen. Hold on. Listen. Okay, okay. Listen. All right. Listen to me. All right, check this Are you out. listening? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Check you this out. But, but hey, but hey, but hey. Hey, hey, take a seat, bro. Take a seat. Take a seat. Let me tell you something. Hold on. Are you sitting? Yeah, I'm kicking my feet, too. All right. All right. All right. Stand up. Stand up real fast. Hold on. Stand up real fast. Turn around. Pull your pants up. Um, so <laughs> you can, I mean, okay, so you can have opinions on movies, but it would be, an ideology would be if you didn't like a movie because of a pre-written script as to why you're supposed to like or not like a movie, yeah, which yeah, is basically yeah. everybody, everybody who liked Matrix 4 is following the script, right? They're supposed to like it because of forget it i'm not even well uh, well like we're we're check this out check this out like we're uh-huh. we're supposed to uh hey hold up, su- hold up hold up hold up okay go listen listen hey let me tell you something wipe, wipe your face uh we're supposed to like or defend bullet man or present merits of it or whatever because of uh because you know this is the agitator podcast we love superman uh-huh. we do so like you know, if we were following the, but man, fuck this movie. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm gonna meet Sukamoto, and first thing I'm gonna do is slap him in the face. Mm-hmm. He's pretty yeah. small. I think you can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely ain't got shit on me. So I'm like a whole five things? seven dude. I know. A fi- yeah. powerful five seven though. Yeah, I'm a powerful um, five seven. I'm like a, I'm like a pit bull. Dude, I saw this, the craziest picture of a pit bull yesterday. I have to send it to you. Uh, wait, did I already send it to you? It's Is it the one, one with the, the round ass head? Yeah, the round head and its eyeballs are falling. It's like a shark. It looks like the shark from Finding Nemo, but yeah. or I guess or I guess just like a shark. It looks like the shark from the aquarium, <laughs> the Shark Tank. <laughs> You ever seen Jaws? It's like that. It looks like the shark from Jaws. Actually, it's like a shark that I saw on Discovery Channel once. They're all different. Anyway, the dog looks like a cartoon shark, which is important to me for some reason. Um, What was I going to say? Fuck. I forget now. I started talking about this dog. This dog is living in my brain rent-free. It's just so silly looking. Yeah, get that dog out of your head, man. Get that dog out of your head. Well, okay, so we can talk about some of the flaws of this movie. Um, the number one flaw, right off the bat, is the color scheme that's used. So Tetsuo 1 was black and white. It looked gorgeous. Uh, Tetsuo 2 was in color, and the use of color was amazing. There's blues and reds and oranges. Uh, it's, it's a very visually striking film, and this is something that goes through Tsukamoto's entire catalog. When he uses color, such as in Tokyo Fist, or when he uses black and white, like bullet ballet, he has a great sense of how to compose those shots to get the most out of them. But something yeah. that I noticed about Tetsuo 3, and also, because I've, I've watched Nightmare Detective, which is by far his worst movie, it's actually worse than Tetsuo 3, if you can believe it, is I'm that never he got... That. <laughs> yeah, he, he got to this point where... Uh, now, I haven't seen Kotoko or Killing, which are two of his more recent films that people seem to gen- generally like. But in the two that I'm thinking of, the color palette is washed out. It looks just gray or sepia or something like that. Yeah, it's like this high contrast. It's like how how Belly was super high contrast and looked awesome. It had like a ton of colors in it. It's like that level of contrast with no color at all. Like just washed right. out, super bright. Like uh, it reminded me of um, uh, that TNT show, uh, Supernatural, mm. when they would do like, or like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when they do like flashback sequences or whatever. And it mm-hmm. it just looked real weird. But right. like the rest of the show didn't look like that. But like this whole movie just looks, it, it's fucking awful, and it, it's weird that it comes from Sukamoto, who uses color so beautifully. He uses color like, uh, like it is black and white, like it's monochromatic, like the colors are very purposefully, 
composed and different, like in the scene, like a, a you have colors that are used as shadows or whatever. Like it's it's hard to explain, but you know what I mean. It's never just like these are the colors that happen to no, be in it, this yeah. frame. It's like everything is purposefully put there and like obsessively. Right, right, right. Like the the shot is obsessively colored, uh, precisely how it is, and. I don't know how he fucking got to this point because this movie is ass. Well, yeah, what you're saying is that when a movie is shot in black and white, everything has to be extremely purposeful because there are, I guess, shades of black and white. It's that Stained album, Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that's what it is. But the the idea is that when you're shooting in black and white, it's it comes down to what is seen and what isn't seen, and that's what creates the picture. And what you're saying is that when he uses color, uh, he's very specifically uh, thinking about what is being seen and what isn't being seen. So if red is very prominent in that shot, he'll actually not necessarily wash out the non-reds, but it, he'll, he'll move things to the background to make that red pop. And like you said, like in this one, if I had a general kind of... Because you know when you think of a movie, you like think of colors... You think of The Matrix, you think of that green that became so popular, yeah, yeah. kind of like Fight Club. You think of Tokyo Fist, I think of these kind of bright blues and reds. And if you think of this movie, it's the color of a hospital waiting room sofa or something like that. Bro, know? I've been on Vicodin in a hospital before, and it's like that. It's like a migraine-level, transcendently high staring at a hospital ceiling color like that's what color it is yeah and so right off the bat i think that one of the most important elements of movies i was thinking about this a lot recently why people like things versus not like things and i think now that we've gotten the color scheme out of the way we can get into more specifics but i think that people react viscerally to movies aesthetically and then they construct why they didn't like it around that because and I won't get too far into this because nobody really cares but I've been watching The Walking Dead and I got to season 7 which notoriously has a season premiere where two characters are beaten to death with a baseball bat and it's very intense one of the characters eyeballs pops out it's like one of the goriest fucking things I've, I've seen period and I've been watching the rest of the season, which I think is pretty good, and the reviews are almost unanimously negative, and it's interesting to watch people come up with, you know, all of a sudden things that have been totally fine in the six seasons leading up to the seventh are suddenly, you know, not okay anymore because they didn't like that initial opening scene yeah, and I was looking up uh, reviews of uh, Bullet Man and shit, and it is like pretty widely hated. But there's a lot of there's more defenders of it than you would imagine, and th- like they're always talking about a movie that's not this movie, like that. No, no, like because I would agree with what you're saying, except I watched the movie and that's not what happens. Uh, it's sort of like reading the epilogue reading his like Tsukamoto's vision for doing it like which by the way Tetsuo in America sounds like it's starring Eddie Murphy (laughs) that's a that's a hilarious working title Uh, did you know who he actually had initially to star in that was um, uh, Tim Roth right correct yeah Tim Roth which would have been interesting I guess because he Tim Roth is an actual actor who's good yeah, and this guy is just like some white guy. It's like they, let's get an American. Hey, he works. He, you know. That's true. Yeah, and the, the guy in this movie is terrible. He's just a really, really bad actor. I am somebody with zero acting experience, but my uh, my three-minute role, starring role in Green Room, is better acted than this guy. And I looked at the camera in Green Room. So, oh, 100%. <laughs> I completely yep. bought in that you were a, a skinhead drunk. Yep. It's hard to, it's a hard leap to make, but, you know, I think I pulled it off. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you did a good job. 
<laughs> look, looking at the camera and all. I, f I felt like that's something a Nazi would do, is look at the camera. Oh, absolutely. I had to... I don't know if I've ever really gotten out of character since that movie, <laughs> but sometimes these roles just take you, you know? You uh, you got jokered into it. Yep. Yep, precisely. But wait, hold on. We got off track. You were saying something interesting about... Uh, we were talking about the color scheme and how people make... I, I don't know. Oh, okay, they, they, they like, yeah, they like construct uh, narratives that, that don't exist because of uh, the message, the message. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Check this out. Mm, 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 mm. Check this out. I'm fighting mm. with hammers with my son, like their swords. <laughs> he threw me a hammer and is like, let's duel. <laughs> Dude, this, this show sucks so bad. This is hilarious. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, that's what we said about a uh, oh shit. That's what we said about the first Tetsuo episode, and that's what uh, that's what sent us to superstardom. That's true. Everybody loves that episode. I think that that's probably the only one most people listen to. They're like, hey, this is twenty minutes. That's about all I can take. But it's good. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, but yeah, so the act, the acting is really bad, and I, I wonder if, um, you know, shooting a movie in a language that is not your first language is really tough to do, and some people pull it off, and if I had to guess, I would say that there is probably a person that you can hire who's just there to make sure that the, that the language sounds correct, right, that the actors are being directed kind of a translator like right? um like they did for rush hour i used to watch mm. uh mm -hmm. all the the bloopers and outtakes and shit and a lot of them were somebody off camera telling jackie chan how to say that shit like he'd be saying okay. some yeah. some like non sequitur or some like weird uh slang thing or mm. and he wouldn't get it so they'd be having to explain it to him Oh, wow. That's, yeah, no, exactly. And I think something that I wanted to talk about with Tsukamoto is that he 100% would not spend money to hire that kind of person. One of the things that he says in the interview in the Tom Mez book is that he uh, was offered funding from different production companies to make Tetsuo 3, and he turned them down specifically because he didn't want to work with actors' unions. And he has said this many times in many interviews. Tsukamoto, he hates paying people, and he hates working with unions. He's a slave driver. <laughs> He's a slave Bro. driver, exactly. He's an absolute maniac. And so there's just no way that he was going to hire that. He's, why do I need that? I'll just tell him how to say the lines, and it'll be fine. So he's focused on the characters' faces, and if they're showing an adequate amount of stress or pain, he thinks, okay, good, we got it. But it leads to the guy saying lines like, what does he say in the movie? He, he's, he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm losing control. My powers are, are becoming supersized. That's... that's <laughs> 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 but well one of the things that like his wife says is uh, don't go get revenge don't even think about it and it's like the morning after his son is dead I was like mm -hmm. what the fuck the, like well she wanted revenge and then she didn't want revenge it was very but all that all that is like I don't even want to go down that path because who cares right it doesn't really matter it's the delivery of it that, you know, like you said, that takes you out of the movie. Yeah. And I can give her a pass because she's clearly not an English speaker, but the main character and the guy who plays his dad are English speakers. And they had to know. They had to know that, well, I guess they didn't have to know that they sucked. I, I imagine that a lot of sets are just people being directed. It's like, hey, do this, and they're just trusting it's all going to come together in the end. So it's like mm -hmm. sometimes, like I was, who was I? I caught some interview of somebody recently on a, some movie I didn't watch, and who cares? Some American, like actor, uh, nah, Kevin Costner. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know how I came across a Kevin Costner interview. It was some random shit but 
he was, they asked him if he knew when a movie was gonna suck uh and he was like nah they're all the same to me you know you don't right. really you don't really know until it all comes out <laughs> right i think johnny depp said something similar where he never watches the movies that he's in because you can never tell until it's done if it's actually going to be good or not and that makes a lot of sense because you're doing this job in a very fragmented way and you can't see the whole picture until the picture until it's been edited and the sound's been cut i do i actually you know what i want to take a a break from all the negativity talk about some things that are actually good in this movie the sound is on point the the sound design is good as ever um the actual monster that the guy turns into at the end is pretty dope. It is it's, pretty uh, dope. It's definitely the least human of all the Tetsuo monsters, which is saying something. It's re- literally just this kind of mass of wires and and machine parts. That yeah, his has whole kind face kind of looks like uh, 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 just kind of looks like bullet chambers, like all over his yeah. face. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, the the guy. I mean, the issue with it though, to go right back into negative. Those those are the two nice things I have to say about the movie. Uh, to go right back into the negative though, nothing really happens at the end. You know what I mean? They every uh, the first two. Well, the first Tetsuo movie is basically one giant battle. The second Tetsuo movie has about a twenty minute battle at the end. It's super tight. This one, I mean. It seems to concern itself with the plot of what's going on. The fact that this guy was born half android and that he's a killing machine and that his hate will turn him into a basically a walking nuclear weapon. And nobody cares. Yeah, about that. yeah. I, I never... Um, I mean, Tetsuo, I wasn't like... So wait, how did he come to be this machine it was like what his hatred turned him into what are you talking about like there's no we don't care uh, my father was an android and so i'm like part gun or like who fucking cares yeah which by the way if that was done if this movie just had some fucking color or if it was in black and white i might have been on board for that kind of campy stuff but as it is, it's just an exercise in this grind of complete futility. Because you realize with this sinking feeling, with every scene that happens in this movie, that it's not going to get better. <laughs> that it's just going to keep being shitty. The movie that you made before this was Vital. Did you ever watch Vital? Uh, no, I, I ain't seen that one. So Vital is pretty good. It's really quiet, and it's about a guy who uh, dissects corpses. He's in medical school, and one of the corpses... I saw this movie like three weeks ago, so the memory of it is very hazy to me. But um, he dissects corpses, and one of the corpses is like his ex-girlfriend, basically. And it kind of doesn't go anywhere. That's pretty much it. But it's got some nice uh, uh, body horror and weird like it's kind of like a purplish color to the movie that i fucked with um and he uh carries on this kind of obsession with pictures of corpses into tetsuo 3 which i think if you'll remember in our david simmons episode 21 of tetsuo 2 he went to alejandro hodorowsky's meditation room with gaspar no yeah and and like saw all of these pictures of corpses which i guess is what hodorowsky meditates on fucking freak <laughs> but what i think that fucked him up dude i think that really fucked him because like it's in his movies from then on right just like people looking at pictures of dissected human remains um so anyway alejandro hodorowsky broke shinya sukamoto's brain that's kind of a metaphor for the lifelessness of his shit after that point too mm, it's just like looking at human corpses yeah. Yeah, because yeah. everything is like, like we've said from the get-go, like, it's all about vibes, and there's just, there's there's no vibe to this movie. It's like it got Americanized in, in the sense of, and I don't mean to be like, 
generally negative in that in using that terminology. I just mean like the like Hollywoodized, you know, it got right. marketized by mm. the let's let's try to understand this. It's like no, you're supposed to vibe with it, not understand it. It's not mm -hmm. about dissecting it. Mm. Because once like you start this, yes. dissecting something, I mean, that means it's dead. Man. That's great. That's a pull quote right there. That's that's really well said. I think that um, I really hope that Tsukamoto can come back from this. Like I said, I haven't watched Kotoko or Killing. I will watch those, although uh, Harper told me that since I have a newborn... Well, he's not a newborn anymore. I have an infant son that Kotoko has some really disturbing uh, child violence in it, and I am a pussy, so I might. Unlike Tetsuo 2 and 3, which don't have any kind of child violence <laughs> in them. <laughs> it's not like a baby blows up or <laughs> gets run oh, over so by a car. That's true. Does Suku I don't think Tsukamoto has kids, but he's constantly killing kids in his movie. He doesn't. Point. He doesn't understand the reaction to, of parents mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure because this dude is a pussy. Mm -hmm. He's got mm -hmm. a pussy ass bitch reaction to when his son gets run over. I was like, bro, what mm -hmm. the fuck? Yeah, exactly. If somebody ran over my son with a car, I would probably uh, lift the car into the air mm -hmm. and rip it, rip it in half. You know. Yeah. And then I would kill, kill the people inside of it. Obviously, that's what would happen after that. That's 100% um, what would happen. That reminds yeah. me of my favorite old dirty bastard story. Is when uh, he was like just smoking crack, uh, smoking PCP by his window, and saw a uh, saw a kid get run over by a car, and he ran downstairs with PCP superpowers and threw the car off of the kid. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> R.I.P. to one of the goats. One of the um, goats. ODB. Yeah, the only good. I think Wu Tang Clan was uh, probably a CIA psyop, but I don't think ODB was. I think that's why they had to get him out. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent why they took him out. I agree that the, it it has a psyop feel to it. I like. That's uh, uh, one of those. That's one of those groups that, along with like Aesop Rock and you know, uh, Run the Jewels, which I do like. Mm -hmm. I also like Wu Tang Clan, but as a as a real hip hop head, I have to pretend. I have to just not talk about them because yeah, that's because what, too many normies like it. Too many normies, but you know, in 2022, I don't give a fuck. I like what I like. No. I, have, I have no I ideology. That's it. I like the Method Man song with uh, Fred Durst and Together now from Significant Other. Oh yeah, no Method dope. Man. I, I I don't want to believe that he's CIA. Method Man's great too. Well, he he is, but I agree with you. I think you can be CIA and be awesome. At this, look at Jack Ryan. Pro probably, probably. I used to sell satellites. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> sell satellites. <laughs> I used to sell. I used to sell Direct TV. <laughs> it wasn't anything cool <laughs> like that. <laughs> I used. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just trying to like grandize uh, my my work history. Um, just you roll up a fucking box truck, and inside there's this decommissioned Soviet satellite. You're like, bro, you I can, can totally flip this. So I can flip this. You can pick up so many government secrets on this bad boy. <laughs> I'm just in the fucking uh, like the Kroger parking lot, like whipping up real fast. Hey, you want a satellite, bro? I got a satellite here, three hundred bucks. <laughs> what you want, like? <laughs> 300 bucks that would be amazing i would have one i would put it on top of my house and then i would immediately get killed by the new world order you just get uh, drone strikes <laughs> like, <laughs> the fbi picks you up and is like what are you doing with the satellite you're like honestly I man wonder. i'm still trying to plug it in like i don't know what uh <laughs> i was trying to watch um japanese netflix because i heard it's better but i don't uh I'm having trouble hooking it up. Bro, I wonder if you started building something on top of your house and it was, you know, just nothing. But you're a good builder. You're a carpenter. You know how to build shit. If you just started constructing something that kind of looked sinister, I wonder how long it would take for the FBI to come to your house and ask you, what, what is that? What are you doing? 
and yeah. if they would believe <laughs> you if you were like i don't you know i don't know it's just i get off work and just need something to do so i just fiddle with my projects <laughs> <laughs> something yeah. i know nothing about is uh pulling permits and shit i mean i get i'll just you know you got to walk down to the city and be like i'm gonna do this give me a permit i I get the concept of it but i've never done it like ever so no i do know the city would be on my ass first they'd be like you can't do that be like you don't even know what i'm doing As the thing that you're building has a some kind of swivel rail gun that's tracking them as they walk through your yard. <laughs> They're Get like, that looks dangerous. <laughs> I like throw it's a not... don't tread on me flag over it. <laughs> like that looks dangerous. It's like it's for Japanese Netflix. Leave it alone. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, do we have any uh, kind of rap? I mean. I, I personally here in the second season of Agitator, you know, we're bringing good vibes. We're bringing non-ideological vibes to the table. And it's interesting. We wanted to round out the, Tets- the Tetsuo series so that we have all three of them in the bags. So we can say that we did it. I wish this movie was, was better. What would you... Okay. You are uh, hired by Sukamoto. This is a fantasy world where he listens to literally anybody. And you're there to tell him, like, bro, here's what we do to make Tetsuo 3 awesome. What do you do? It's going to be in Japanese. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with America, because I didn't understand why that was, like, who cares? That it, America didn't really have a part in it, I think, mm-hmm. besides him. Not even him wanting money because he refused fun. I don't know what the fuck the deal the deal was with it. But what I would do is it's in Japanese. Get that other guy back. Uh, we're continuing on from Tetsuo two thematically. This is if it's the Bullet Man, it should have more to do with guns. Mm. Like it should have. You should. So since the Tetsuo movies all articulate a vibe. Like Tetsuo 2 to me was like the anxiety of parenthood and it 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 had a lot that was kind of the gun movie like it had a lot to do with guns and shit and how you like become weaponized by uh, the uh, a fear of harm coming to your kid or personally harming your kid or whatever and then the first one was sort of more of like a sexual violence exploration Mm -hmm. so the third one i would just go harder on the gun fetishism and just uh and coming from my perspective like i wouldn't make it a propaganda film whatsoever it'd be a vibe piece but like i would put a lot of love of guns into it and sort of explore where that comes from like the Mm -hmm. the the vibe of firing a gun and uh, make it hypersexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he wanted to set this movie in America and he wanted to really create a vibe, he should have had the main character be a school shooter and have the this kid who's... It's kind of like Elephant, you know? Think of Elephant, but with Tsukamoto vibes. And I'm being... I'm actually not trying to be edgy. I think that that's a better idea than this movie. No, 100%. And that, like, that sounds like a good movie, like for real. Yeah, because it would deal with youth in America. It would deal with gun culture. It would deal with, you know, like the, the kind of uh, impotent rage of being a part of a system, like a rigid hierarchical system that you have no say in. So it would be like a Tetsuo movie, but also, you know, a coming-of-age school shooter movie and i you know sukamoto could be one of the teachers basically and he could be uh he would be like a pacifist and he would be teaching the kids about you know how violence is wrong but really the whole time he's cultivating this you know one of these little columbine kids to to do a school shooting and then at the end the school turns into a gun boom you got that's tetsuo 3 bro we just fixed tetsuo 3 that's such a better movie i know yeah, and it's got color. It's got to have color, right? Get a bunch of zoomers in there with their little. You ever seen this like where their head looks like broccoli? 
Like the kids do this this day. It's like a perm. They get perms now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fascinating that they can just do that shit to their hair. I, I see the I see the broccoli hair all over the place. I'm like, how in the world? Yeah, I started seeing the broccoli hair when I was teaching in El Paso. Uh, you know, like high school dudes would have the broccoli hair, and it's one of those things where I saw it and I thought that is the dumbest trend but then i remembered that it doesn't actually matter at all what i think about anything and uh it just is what it is <laughs> so like oh okay i've officially reached old man status because i'm looking at, at kids and going like that is stupid that's the dumbest shit i've ever seen that's and, so uh, these kids yep exactly whereas when i was in high school we did really cool shit like wear jinkos and wallet chains <laughs> that actually that was that was pretty tight though jinkos are making a comeback i don't know if you saw an interview magazine but a special someone was wearing some, some gucci jinkos <laughs> oh that's great um what are we talking about oh yeah this movie so okay we got a few minutes left in this episode uh do we want to talk about where we're going this season what we're doing like what our what our plans are. I don't really have anything in front of me, but I thought that might be good to give a little little sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. And we keep coming back to season. I mean, that's technically what it is. I get we we don't have to be contrarians all the time and call things what they're not. But uh we're conceptualizing these seasons as like albums and we just wrapped up the demo tapes. So now we're on to our major studio debut. And uh, mm-hmm. we've got some bangers in the lineup. We've got some uh, some big some big people to come on the greatest mm-hmm. podcast in the world. You know, we, we're we're dipping down in, in, into the underground influencer circle and being like, "Hey, bro, I I know you, I know you fuck with the podcast. We want you to come on the greatest show of all mm-hmm. time." And mm-hmm. uh, they're all like, "Oh, yeah, thank you. That sounds like a great opportunity." I, I didn't know. I thought you were never going to ask. <laughs> you know I got you, baby. You know I got you. But uh, no, nah, we're, uh, we, we had, what would you consider our guests in the first? Uh, well, I think demo tapes are perfect because we were kind of scattershotting. We had, uh, we had homies we had on. Rappers. Yeah, we had yeah. rappers uh, that we knew and that we didn't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went all over the place, uh, gave a sample. A lot of black people. Which we're not doing in season two. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. Some of the movies that we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about Perfect Blue, Shinjuku Triad Society. What's that monster one? Monsters something? Monsters, Monsters Club. Monsters Club. The Ted Kaczynski uh, Japanese biopic. Yep. Um... What are some other ones? We have a list. I have a list on my computer, but I'd have to wade through a sea of reggaeton to get to it. Um, <laughs> We're talking about the whole Black Society trilogy. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Black Society trilogy. We've got audition coming up. Oh yeah, audition. I think we were we're gonna do that as like the as the capper, right? That's gonna That'll be, be the a, outro. Yeah, because audition's a big one, right? You gotta have a really good guest for audition. Because it's such a important movie, it's kind of a a bridge. I think a lot of people have to uh, extreme Japanese cinema. Their first movie was usually Audition. I think that's true for me. It seems exactly. to be the case. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was true for me because um, my grandma on my dad's my dad's mom, she was a pirate before it was even a term. She. Mm-hmm. Uh, would do that like recording shit off of the VHS player so she's got like a library of movies just on those little uh, Polaroid VHS cassettes and mm-hmm. yeah I probably definitely watched something more like Onibaba or something something kind of vaguely extreme like mm-hmm. uh, like a classic movie that was pushing the envelope at the time right, right. but Audition's yeah. a big one yeah Audition's a big one, because I think bef- for me, before that, I was more into uh, John Woo movies. 
uh, Hong Kong cinema. Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, like Jackie Chan stuff, like Rumble in the Bronx and Hard Boiled, the, the Chow Yun Fat movie, Better Tomorrow. So I was definitely more on the Chinese tip and then uh, audition. Basically, when Tartan Asia Extreme started releasing movies, that's what got me into Korean movies with uh, Tale of Two Sisters and Old Boy. Uh, they put out Audition, I think. I'm pretty sure they did. They put out most of the Miike movies. Oh, looks like the Geek Squad's rolling up. Somebody loaded up their computer with pornography. Dave, they, uh, need... they have one of my satellites. <laughs> <laughs> How do you hook it up? <laughs> call, call Geek Squad. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the Tartanasia Extreme DVD... Uh, catalog was really formative for me because they they came I think they had uh, the Ringu so the Japanese ring movies um, anyway you can look up their catalog it's nothing but well it's not nothing but bangers but it's a lot of bangers but yeah season two lots of lots of really cool guests I've talked to I think all of them that we're gonna have on and they've all said yes um, we're going to also be much nicer on the show. That's just what we're going to do. We're going to be less racist, less misogynistic, less homophobic, less transphobic, and uh, less ideology-driven, more inclusive. This is the inclusive agitator season. This is where we sell out. You're becoming, like, a top-tier comedian. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just want to say, like, I have, to, I have to bite my tongue and just let, you know, because I don't want that audience laughter track right playing. you don't want to be you don't be the stav yeah this, of this no, podcast. no 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 i'm not fat enough my dick's too big i can't be stav yeah i'm just watching this truck seeing what they're taking out it actually does look kind of like a satellite <laughs> i just heard some like skidding tires <laughs> like <laughs> i just i imagine there's a oh season two we're gonna finish tangents so like the whole reason i was selling satellites why that story got brought up thanks Ben. Bro, I just got a rug delivered. This shit looks like a rug, dude. It's really adding color to my living room because I have these brown hardwood floors, and uh, Rios is uh, purchasing these kind of kind of loud rugs. But it, it's actually great. It gives the nice. whole thing like a nice feel to it. My dog's clicking nails aren't so prominent in my life. It really and, ties uh, the room together. Something. It ties the room together and it gives Gus a space to kind of crawl around and he really likes playing with his dump truck now and the the dump truck does this little song every time and it's like put more rocks in my hole and I laugh every 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 time because I'm still a child. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Bro, out of 10, I give Tetsuo 3 a 2. I would give it like a half. Damn. So, okay, here's where my two come from. The monster at the end is cool, and uh, the music. I, d- I like the music, which I think is mostly repurposed Tetsuo 1 music. But anyway, yeah, I'd give it a two. But damn, a half? A half. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. I would give... Uh, I give it that half because it led to this discussion, and it also... Uh, led to your reimagining of it which is wonderful i would give that a 10. oh thank you well maybe maybe that can be our next collab a school shooting book where the school turns into a gun yeah let's just call it tetsuo 3. <laughs> dude that's such a good idea I, see the whole thing about writing and trying to get your work out there because the next book that i'm coming out is basically uh, fictional but it uses the game Death Stranding as a launch pad and it's partially because I really like the game and it's also partially just a shameless ploy to get people to try to like send you cease and desist letters um, because that shit works back in the bizarro days you remember the book Broken Piano for President uh-huh. the I have the Wednesday original book? I have the Jack Daniels copy Oh, dude, yeah. If that one had came out, they had a cover that looked like a Jack Daniels bottle. Jack Daniels sent them a very kind cease and desist letter that said, Hey, we see that you love Jack Daniels. Let's give you a bunch of free shit, but also you need to do a different cover, which we will pay for. And then that made the rounds, and uh, 
dude, the amount of copies that book sold just by being featured on Born Boing and shit like that. I don't know where that, that spirit went of trying to agitate large companies into giving you free press, but bringing all that back. So calling a book Tetsuo 3 uh, is a really good idea, actually. Yeah. And we'll probably, we'd probably get a lot of attention with no legal repercussions because Tsukamoto can never get money for anything. That's true. He can't get money for anything, and he's stuck in Japan. And I know that uh, China is a different country than Japan. I recognize that now. Thank you for educating me, uh, people yeah, of yeah, the internet. Uh, no, I told you that. You told me? Oh, okay. Well, thank you. But... Uh, in Ch- like I know that like the copyright laws in East Asian countries are just non-existent, so they'll have Mickey Mouse everywhere, but it'll be like <laughs> something will be fucked up about Mickey Mouse. He held blue pants on or something. Yeah, that's that's my favorite shit, by the way. Like backpacks that have Sonic the Hedgehog and it says like sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, that that's my vibe. <laughs> Sonic the sex hog. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, so, th- okay, we have to make this book. This is good. I really like the fact that this uh, podcast completely dissolved into just uh, us chatting about whatever's going on. Damn, slamming that truck door, I'm trying to record a podcast outside. Yeah, come on, that's definitely going to be a plus two on the, the levels, reader. Yeah, which I've been trying to hold up to my chest. I, I think I finally have the, the right... Spot. I was a little quiet in the Genocyber episode, right? Because, you know, I like to hear myself. I listened to that episode, so listeners know, I, I, I recorded it. I spoke the words. Then I listened to it once because uh, I like to just have write my little descriptions. And uh, like I was telling Kelby earlier, the podcast world has been very bare bones this holiday season. So I straight up just listened to it again for fun. Yeah. Like, God damn, this, this is good. But I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go through. Uh, I bought a car crash T-shirt. I bought that St. Michael car crash T-shirt. And uh, Eddie sent me the Patreon link. I think I'm gonna go through car crash because I've heard I've heard a few episodes and it's it's pretty good. Yeah, car crash is dope. I've been listening to that. I've been listening to I'm So Popular. Uh, the thing is cool about podcasts is um a lot of them have hundreds of episodes before you find out about them except for agitator you know we're already right big global phenomenons and we've got Mm -hmm. uh this is episode 24 Mm -hmm. but yeah i listen to the reloading podcast which is all about uh ammunition reloading Uh, is it really are you serious yeah yeah you can go back to episode one and it tells it starts telling you how to get started Wait, are you being for real? This is I'm a podcast being, about reloading? Yeah, I'm being 100% for real. Oh. Who's... Is this like uh Is it funny? It's... You you know what reloading is, right? No. <laughs> so, it's not a podcast about putting bullets back in your gun when you run out. <laughs> it's about oh. making your... It's about making your own am- ammunition. Oh, okay. Okay, right on. That's... That's pretty. Uh, see, I got to get more into this because I'm getting into guns and uh, becoming a prepper. So I need to listen to. But you're being for real. This is a real podcast. It's a real podcast. Yeah. Hey, listen, 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 Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, I listen to. Well, I think I went over what I listened to. The stuff that I have. Let's see here. I'm gonna take out my phone. I actually read off the podcast that I have here. I'm not cutting any of this, by the way. This is great. All right. I have Conversations with Dr. Cowan and Friends with Dr. Tom Cowan. So uh, Cowan is one of those people who thinks that coronavirus is caused by 5G. And uh, he also says that the heart is not a pump. So that's where I go to get my science. Uh, Come Town, Decode. Decode was pretty good. They just didn't have a... They don't have a whole ton of episodes. They come. They seem to come out with an episode every three or four months, but it's pretty cool. Like they did a series on Simone Vey that was interesting. Uh, the Generative Energy Podcast, which is this—I uh, don't know—some kind of Eastern European nut job and 
some other guy who talk about, uh, he's not a nut job, that's rude, but it's just like a crazy guy who talks about Ray Pete, so that's another, that's a health and wellness podcast, uh, Ghost Jail, Hermetics, Holy Agony, Immediatism, the Kojima Frequency, which is uh, all about like Metal Gear and shit. Ooh, I got make your own damn. It's good, yeah. Make your own damn podcast, which is Lucas's podcast, which is like, it's good, it's good. It's just you know, you have to listen to Jeff Burke on those episodes, <laughs> which is the difficult. Uh, TPN, obviously. Peter Rollins. Um, Peter Rollins is great. He's a Irish theologian. He's got this great voice, which is the like the Irish accent is just interesting to listen to. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh, this guy must be really smart. I got uh, the Plant Cunning podcast, which is about herbalism. Uh, Popular Front, uh, Program to Chill, which is just fucking long. I was listening to an episode about Satanism in SoundCloud rap, which is right up my alley. That's exactly the kind of thing that I want to listen to. Oh, yeah. And sure. it's these two dudes who are just talking about all the... Did you know that XXX Tentacion had satanic lyrics? Or did you know that Ghost Mane is married to Poppy? And I'm just like, what? What is this? Come on, guys, let's, let's tie this all together. Um, yeah, yeah. Trickster. Call me many... when you're actually practicing the satanic rituals that you learned off SoundCloud. Yeah. Did you see the Island Boys? That one Island Boy who's talking about doing a satanic ritual to become famous? Yeah. Yeah. That shit was crazy. He was doing a TikTok and he was like, yeah, bro, like they, they, it's not worth it. You got to sell your soul. It's not worth it. <laughs> and I, was... I believe him because he's too stupid to lie. You know what I mean? Like oh, it was so genuine. Like, yeah, that shit was, I mean, it, yeah, no, that, that was the only TikTok videos that made me feel something. Cause I was like, man, I feel mm-hmm. like bad for this kid, this real, mm-hmm. this dumbass, but and then I also am like, this is intriguing as fuck. Like, well, I believe that though. I totally believe that you do have to do some kind of like strange soul-selling ritual to become famous. I think that's why these kids die so fast, or you know, or they have to you know, take on these kind of images or whatever. Um, it's you know, that's the true wokeness is understanding that Satan is real and lives in all of your favorite tunes. Yeah, and that's why when I sell my soul, I'm going to dress up like somebody else and be like, ha-ha, psych. That's a fucking great idea. Just put on a mask, a Lucas Mangum mask. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> sell, sell Lucas's soul. <laughs> He's like, guys, I, I, I feel kind of weird this morning. Um, was there a lunar like, eclipse? Oh. <laughs> It's like, oh no, even better. I sold your soul so that I could become a famous SoundCloud rapper. Not even a writer. Just a famous SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Satan's like, what would you like? I'm like, oh, man, what do I do again? I want uh, I want to be the biggest SoundCloud rapper. And then Satan's oh. like, you know that doesn't make any money. I'm like, yeah, I ain't here for money, dog. I just want the clout. It's like, well, you could also throw in that be the best Red Dead 2 Twitch streamer. And then Satan's like, oh, that is pretty tight. I guess you have a deal. Um, anyway, I have a bunch more podcasts. It gets embarrassing how many unlistened to podcasts I have. But, Tales from but the those Mall. Are, Tales, oh, yeah, of course. Tales from the Mall is really good. So my podcasts are divided into ones that I haven't listened to yet and ones that I have. And I was going through the the ones that have episodes that I haven't finished yet. So, Tales from the Mall is definitely up there. That guy is so nice. He's just... I don't know if there's, like, a nicer dude. That's a... That's why I'm voting straight-ticket Republican now. It has nothing to do with ideology. I don't really Mm -hmm. care. I'm just like, all these people are nice. I'm gonna... I'm gonna just try to do some of the shit that they do. I mean, that is a really good point. I mean, there's just a bunch of people who who are these sort of backstabbing, angry, uh, like, life in complete shambles uh, people. And they're like, but, but listen to us because we're the good ones. And then on the other side, you have, like, chill, regular people. And, yeah, that's pretty much how you should choose 
your path in life. The one yeah. of the most normal. I don't have time to pay attention to like politics and stuff. So the people mm. whose lives I kind of think look look chill, I'm just gonna kind of do what they do in that Copy regard. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's and a then good just idea, go back actually. to go back to being famous, podcaster, and grilling my steaks mm-hmm. and watching my kid. Yeah, for sure. So.